welcome to All Over the Map, where we cover our favorite sports teams, sports media, and the world of broadcasting with your host, Ali Musa. Good afternoon. Welcome to All Over the Map. Happy Monday. Happy All-Star break. For those of you that follow Major League Baseball, today on the day of this recording is Monday, June. The, no, Monday, July the 10th. I, I didn't realize we're going backwards in time here. <laughs> 2023. My name is Ali Musa. Joining me today is Ben Schulman. Ben is from the Blue Jays radio broadcast. Ben, I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome you back to All Over the Map. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, for having me on again. Looking forward to it. It's been a, uh, a fun start to the Blue Jays season. Absolutely. Uh, how about you give All Over the Map listeners a little update as to what you've been, uh, what's uh, happened for you since the last time you were on. Last time you were here, um, you were the, you were co-hosting the Locked On Blue Jays podcast. Uh, what's, uh, what's happened uh, this year for you, Ben? Yeah, it's been really exciting this year. I've gotten the opportunity to uh, join the, you know, kind of Sportsnet uh, family a little bit. I do a couple different things. Uh, on the radio for them. I host Jay's talk on the weekends a lot of the time with Show Ali uh, and, and get to do the pregame coverage for that as well. And then I uh, do some other, you know, hosting here and there. This week I'm I'm filling in for uh, Blake Murphy with Julia Kreutz on uh, Jay's talk plus in the mornings across the Sportsnet radio network. And then uh, get to do some play-by-play for the Blue Jays as well, uh, filling in for Ben Wagner when he's not there. So I've already done, uh, you know, something like uh, 15, 18 games and got, uh, you know, a, a couple more stretches coming up. And so, yeah, it's been uh, it's been really, really exciting so far this year. Uh, ben Wagner, Julia Kreutz, fantastic people. For sure. Really great people. Yeah, no, we, 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 uh, yeah, no, Ben Wagner, uh, you know, when it comes to play-by-play, you know, I, you know what, you and Ben, you and Wagner have it, you know, I, I really like the style that that both of you have, Thanks. because I think that, you know, it, it's like, it, it kind of, to me, as a blind person, feels like listening to an audiobook when you listen to play-by-play. And I, you know, I think that that's, you know, a, a big thing is I want, you know, everyone to be able to really kind of get the details of the game and be able to almost picture it in their head because, you know, many people that are tuning into the radio broadcast aren't going to have an opportunity for one re- reason or another to be able to actually see the action that's going on. So I, I think, you know, Ben and I have both benefited uh, in different ways from, you know, the guy who was occupying the radio booth before either of us got in there in Jerry Howarth. And Ben, 
you know, worked with him specifically and got, you know, that kind of invaluable experience alongside him. And, and for me growing up in Toronto, Jerry was kind of an institution and listening to him and, and really how he took you through a game. I think that there are few better really who have ever done it. So uh, I think we both do our, you know, add our own stuff, but do our, uh, our best job in kind of continuing on, you know, the legacy and the work that Jerry set out before us. Yeah, I think, you know what? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think in a way, I think, I mean, Ben, I think, I think Wagner, he's been the, I think he's been the voice for the last um, five seasons now and hopefully many more to come. For sure. For sure. He does a great job. He's like you said, he's a great person, really fun person to work with. And, 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 you know, I think he's someone that, uh, you know, it, it would have been tough for, I think, a lot of people to follow up on someone like Jerry. But I think Ben has taken the reins incredibly well and uh, and rightfully so, you know, earned the uh, the respect and, and you know, uh, and the praises of a lot of the Blue Jay fans. You know what I think Ben does very well as well? I think one of the things that he does um is he's not only a good play-by-play, he's not only a very, very solid play-by-play guy, he's also a good analyst too. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes with, you know, his experience in and around the game. Uh, Like many people who are in the major leagues, you know, Ben just hasn't just been around baseball from the time that, you know, he's been with the Blue Jays, but in, in various other levels of baseball, he's been doing it for a long time. And, you know, I I think he would say too, we're never going to be able to have, you know, quite the ability to do what some of the people who have played the game at that level can do. But I think, you know, in in Ben's instance, he's had so much experience that, you know, you you learn along the way from those people like, a you know, a, a Joe Siddle, a Buck Martinez, a Caleb Joseph and, and all the other analysts you might have along the way. And that allows you to kind of look at the game, you know, with at least part of or, or some of that level that, you know, those guys who stood in there against 95 or stood in there against the major league curveball uh, can do it, you know, very well. Absolutely. Now, it's been a while since you and I have been um, uh, behind the mic together here. Um, we, I want to get your thoughts here. Um, let's start here by um, talking about the first half of the season in the unofficial first half they're calling it yes um, in your mind but but i want to ask you before, and you can just delve into it but i'm going to ask you in your opinion did the move for trading teoscar hernandez for dalton varsho has that costed the offense well, I think, you know, they sent Teoscar out uh, um, for Eric Swanson, the reliever. And I actually think that move has worked out well. Now, moving Lourdes Gurriel and Moreno for uh, Dalton Varsho, you know, in, in certain ways, I'm not going to attribute that entire thing to why the offense hasn't performed up to the level of last year. But, you know, Lourdes Gurriel, I, I think, is more of an offense plus player uh, than Dalton Varsho for sure. And Dalton Varsho is more of a defense plus player. I, I think the Blue Jays, expected to a certain extent to score less runs this year. I I think they were okay with that coming into the season. I I think, you know, that they certainly are asking for a bit more from the bat of Varsho for sure. And I think a couple other guys too in the mix there haven't performed to the levels that they did last year. So while I think the, you know, the trades were a part of it, I also think that, you know, the early season struggles of a guy like George Springer or kind of the, 
the mid first half struggles of guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Matt Chapman. I, I think it's come from a, a couple different spots, not to mention, you know, also the, the early season struggles from Alejandro Kirk at the plate. I think that a, a couple different things have come together uh, to impact the offense. Now, it is worth noting they are a much improved defensive team. Uh, they weren't necessarily, uh, you know, in and around the tops of uh, defensive efficiency last year. And now the Blue Jays, you know, kind of bounce back and forth between first, second, and third in terms of uh, which team leads in defensive runs saved, uh, an advanced analytic that tries to kind of, you know, bring all of defense into one number. I think that, you know, we've seen uh, on a pretty daily basis from Varsho or Kiermeyer uh, or some of the other guys that are, uh, you know, involved right now that the Blue Jays are uh, uh, an incredibly strong defensive team. I think they just need a little bit more consistency on offense to maybe reach the spot that, you know, people expected them to be. But that being said, they are, you know, as we head into the end of this, like you said, unofficial first half after 91 games, they are nine games above 500. They are in a playoff spot. Uh, and, you know, most most sites and, and sources that try and cite playoff probabilities give the Blue Jays more than a 50% chance right now of making the playoffs. So I think I, I do think the moves have impacted the offense, but I also think it, it, it's some of the guys who carried over this year to last year, frankly, um, that they need to get going a, a little bit more here to get some of that offense back. Uh, examples of those players, please. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think Alejandro Kirk is a guy who, you know, during the first half last year did enough to be maybe the best offensive catcher in the American League. And they, and they have not seen necessarily a return to that form so far. He continues to walk a lot and not strike out a lot, but the, the the power isn't really there. He's not hitting for a great average, which he was doing for a lot of last year. And when he is hitting it, there there has not been a ton of power so far. I don't think you expect him to, you know, hit 30 home runs, but I think they need a little bit more there. I think it's no secret that they're asking for, you know, more home runs from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. His Batting average is on par with last year's on base percentage, actually better. But uh, up until two-ish weeks ago, he was stuck on nine home runs. And that, you know, is too far into the season for him to not have hit double-digit home runs. I think they expect him to be a 30-homer guy. And then it's complicated to talk about, you know, the uh, the season of Matt Chapman because his overall numbers are actually much stronger this year than last year. But I think, you know, they would have traded in some of what they got from him in April, which was a phenomenal month. He was the American League player of the month in April. Chapman was great, but uh, he took a, a, you know, a a big slump into, uh, you know, the end of May and and beginning of June. And it's definitely starting to turn around. He hit a triple uh, that would have been a home run in most ballparks in the last game of that unofficial first half in Detroit. But I think those are a a couple spots with Kirk Guerrero and Chapman where, you know, it it doesn't even have to be an insane improvement, but if you get small improvements from each of those three guys, then I think you start to score a lot more runs overall. Now, there have been also, I think it's interesting that it's those players like Chapman and Kirk, I mean, that haven't really uh, performed. And certainly, I think they certainly could could be playing up to their potential. Now, this has come up as well. Um, The trade deadline is less about two, three weeks away. Do you see them being sellers at the deadline? 
No, I would I would be shocked to be honest. They are uh, they are currently in a playoff spot, and I think we saw last year in the National League that you know the two teams that went into the playoffs in the lowest spot, the Phillies and the Padres, they ended up in the National League Championship Series with the Phillies going on to the World Series. Uh, and, you know, taking a, a fairly deep series there with the Houston Astros that, you know, I think a lot of people and understandably so want this team to charge into the playoffs easily, maybe try and claim a division title. But frankly, I think it's so hard to make the playoffs in baseball. I mean, the Blue Jays have been around since 1977. They haven't even made the playoffs 10 times. I, I think that in their current position where, you know, they probably haven't even played up to their potential and they're in a playoff spot, I I would much more expect them to buy than I would to sell anything right now at the deadline. Do you see them go? Who do you, I mean, now I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not really like a, a predictions kind of guy, but do you think, or I don't even want to, but what about the chances of them um, going after somebody like Shohei Otani? I don't see it happening, but then again, I don't know, but they're going to have to give up so much to get him yeah i'm not sure you know if you're going after a shohei otani you might be saying goodbye to, to boba shet or something like that he you know shohei otani is some would argue like the most valuable player we've ever seen uh even even babe ruth who you know famously pitched and hit in his career didn't really do it at the same time shohei is doing it all at the same time and i think for the blue jays you know the they likely, I think, are probably out of that market. I think he's a little too expensive. And also, it's not for sure, but when Shohei came over from Japan, he primarily was dealing with teams on the West Coast and landed with the Angels, of course. And I would guess, but don't know for certain, uh, that a lot of the teams, American or National League, in the West side of the country might have a better chance. Not to mention, you know, I, I don't think the Blue Jays are selling the Angels while they've played poorly recently, were in and around the playoffs for a, a large majority of that first half. And I think that they might just hold on to Otani for the rest of the year, try and re-sign him themselves, hoping they make a playoff run and maybe can entice him uh, and at least make a bid at re-signing him because he's he's almost a player where I'm not sure you could ever be properly compensated for trading him. He's so good. Uh, that, you know, obviously it would be better for them to get some prospects than nothing, but I, I could see them just saying, we're going to do our best to try and re-sign him because whatever we get back in a trade isn't worth it. And if we trade him, he's gone for sure. But I, I'm not much of a prediction guy either, I'll be honest. But if I had to guess, Sally, I would say you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers are where I would think you know, he might land up for the foreseeable future. He wouldn't even have to move houses if he didn't want to. They have all the money in the world and the prospects in the world to be able to do it. And if he wanted to to kind of know he could win, I mean, who's who's a better winner over the last 10-ish years than the Dodgers? Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I think I see him staying in with the, uh, with the Dodgers as well. Now, let's say... What do you think the what will the conversation be if they like let's say they do not make the playoffs this year, which I don't think is the Jays, that is, I which I don't see happening. But let's say they do not. What do you feel? What will the conversation be surrounding this team? 
I, it will, you know, rightfully so, I think be, you know, a pretty negative conversation. This is a team, uh, you know, that, that made the playoffs last year and missed them by a game the year before and their best players are young. So in theory, they should get better each year. You know, they're on like the right side of the curve right now uh, as they, you know, ramp up into their primes. I, I think if, you know, they didn't make the playoffs this year, there would be at least some substantial changes. They have, you know, a lot of money potentially coming off of uh, their books with, you know, Brandon Belts on a one-year deal, Kevin Kiermeyer's on a one-year deal, Hyunjin Ryu's contract is about to come to an end and he gets $20 million a year. Matt Chapman uh, is going to be a free agent this year and, and there's a good chance that he gets a big contract and I'm not sure the Blue Jays will necessarily be in the running there, but you never know. that That's just speculation. But I, I do think that they would look uh, to make some some fairly significant changes. I, I think Guerrero and Bichette are Blue Jays pretty much as long as uh, as they want to be and the team wants them there. But uh, they could look to reshape, you know, the team and, and the makeup of it again, potentially, because I, I think the playoffs, uh, even just making the playoffs, I think, for this team wouldn't necessarily be a huge success. I think they want to make the playoffs right now and, you know, win a round, maybe win two rounds and, and return to the championship series like they were uh, in 2015 or 2016. So, yeah, if they, they didn't make the playoffs. I, I would think that the conversation would be understandably pretty frustrating in and around both the Blue Jays and their fans, of course. Do you see Shapiro and Atkins sticking around? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, they they came in, uh, you know, in 2015 and then 2016. And, and that was, of course, when the team was winning, but that was when they had really kind of emptied out uh, what was going on with the farm system. And, and that wasn't a team that they had necessarily built. This team you know, especially these past two years is really a team that they have shaped around their image of what they want the Blue Jays to be. And I think, uh, you know, right now they uh, they have a pretty solid payroll from ownership. I believe the Blue Jays are 10th in the league uh, in payroll, which is pretty good. You're never going to see them necessarily or rarely are going to see them, you know, spending New York Mets, New York Yankees, L.A. Dodgers money. But I, I think that they've been you know, given the tools right now to be able and, and go do what they want. They signed, you know, Chris Bassett this year, who's a $20 million pitcher. They signed Kevin Gosman last year. So they've been enabled to go out there and do stuff. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, as long as the team is in a position to contend and they are, uh, you know, given the reins to do what they need to do, I, I wouldn't see why they'd be going anywhere. I made a joke at the end of it, that, 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 Perhaps the Jays need Anthopolis back, but I don't see that coming. I mean, is that? No, <laughs> no I would say, uh, no. you know, I, I, who knows that, you know, they, they went through a long run with Alex Anthopoulos, who I think is a very good executive and they won a lot of games, but they didn't win a world series either, which is, you know, really what matters at the end of the day. But uh, I, I would be shocked with Alex Anthopoulos winning a world series recently uh, in Atlanta and having a young team signed to a lot of contracts uh, a lot of long-term contracts. I, I think at this point they are uh, they are fairly locked in. The Anthopolises are living in Atlanta for the for the foreseeable future. Who knows down the road? You know he is a Canadian guy, but I would say uh, that we are a long time away from uh, that being uh, a situation that's entertained again. 
Yeah, no, I, it's it's interesting, but I, it's funny how this sort of no, they, they they he only had I think the one thing is he only had that one good year. In, yeah, they, you know they had fifteen and sixteen, but it was the same group. Um, and um, I I think you know they they did a lot of good with Alex Anthopoulos, and uh, you know he was very aggressive uh, in dealing for guys that they needed. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think that that different things work in different places. And, you know, sometimes it's easier to be aggressive like that in Atlanta because I, and I think it's no secret, you know, more American guys are going to go sign in Atlanta most of the time than they are going to sign in Toronto. When the Blue Jays are good, they have an easier job attracting free agents. But still, the majority of the Blue Jays key players were either drafted and signed by them or a lot of them traded for. Um, because, and, and, and I somewhat understand it, you know, it, it, these American guys, uh, you know, they, a lot of them want to play in their home country and, and I don't really hold that against them to a certain extent, but I, I think the capabilities you have sometimes in Atlanta and have in Toronto are, are very different. And, and, uh, and, uh, Scott did submit a question to me, which I'm going to ask you here. Um, your thoughts on Manoa, um, being sent down. To, he was sent down. Of course, he had a bad. He had a, a things were not good off the top for him, and then he was sent down to the uh, Florida complex. And then, what were your thoughts on him being sent down and then called back up again? Was he brought up too quick? Were they rushing him back? I don't think so. I mean, you know, the the results were good on Friday, and the Detroit Tigers are are uh, are not the best offense in baseball no one's going to say that in fact they're the uh you know the third worst in terms of offensive output but uh you know i think for for reasons for him you know you can only go down there and work on stuff so long without actually testing it out against major league hitters and and for the team who has you know three of the other four starters that being kevin gosman chris bassett and yusei kikuchi on pace to pitch more innings this season than they ever have before. I think they really needed a fifth starter back. The, you know, the bullpen days fine. I thought that the guys who pitched in them did perform well, but someone like Trevor Richards is really important to this Blue Jays team and to not have him as often because you had to throw those bullpen days and to pitch Kevin Gosman and Bassett and Kikuchi more because of those days and Barrios as well. Um, I, I think that was hurting the team overall. So I think you know, they wanted to know what they had after, you know, he had that tough complex league start, but then he had a good start in double A. Uh, and it, it is really hard. You know, I was in the minors last year. It's it's hard to know sometimes with those rehab appearances. Sometimes a guy goes in there and he's just working on specific pitches. It's not necessarily that he's pitching with the same, you know, game plan to just get guys out. Sometimes it's like, I just want to throw a bunch of fastballs to this spot and sliders to this spot. And if they hit it or don't, that's not really what matters. It's more how the pitch looks and how consistent you're delivering it. So I, I think they figured it was time for him and, and he looked really good against the Tigers. You know, he, he didn't walk a batter. He struck out eight. He went six innings and allowed one run. Uh, and if, you know, they can have him, they don't need him to be Alec Manoa last year, I think right now, but if they can just have him, you know, being an average to slightly above average major league pitcher, uh, they could be in a much better spot. I mean, we talked about, you know, the offense and it, it hasn't performed this year. And so the Blue Jays are maybe a little bit behind where people thought they would be wins and losses wise. If they had a fifth starter, that's probably three or four more wins that also would have them where they need to be, even if the offense 
wasn't playing as well. So I, I think for them, it was time. And, and for Manoa, it, it seemed to work out. And, and yeah, and I mean, he, the thing was, is it was, I thought it was, I mean, there was some conversation that maybe too much pressure was put on him that, you know, he was the opening day starter and, and uh, perhaps too much uh, pressure was put on him perhaps. Yeah. I mean, it would be understandable. It's hard to know. Uh, Cause you know, the only guys that know what's going on inside these guys' brains are, are them and whoever they want to divulge that with. But Alec Manoa, you know, did an, enough last year in a way to earn that opening day start. He was, you know, by Cy Young votes, the third best pitcher in the American league. And, and he was, he was really, really phenomenal through the first, you know, two seasons of his major league career. And he hadn't experienced uh, much failure really since uh, going back to his college days at West Virginia, when he was still, you know, learning how to be a starter and figuring that all out. So it is possible that there was a lot of pressure on him. I do think that they talked about confidence and and mindset being two things that they really wanted to work with with him uh, down there in the minor leagues. And, you know, I think at this point, coming back up, there's probably a lot less pressure. Uh, you know, the Blue Jays don't need him to necessarily be their ace. I think Kevin Gosman has filled that hole pretty well. And I think Jose Barrios' resurgence has also filled in a lot of the gap, as has, you know, the addition of Chris Bassett and the improvement of Yusei Kikuchi. So I was just going to say that, yeah. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, you know, they brought him into a more pressure-free environment. There's always pressure, uh, not just for any major league pitcher, but, you know, some people will expect a standard from Alec Manoa. But at the same time, I, I think that, you know, mentally, it is probably at least a bit of a looser environment for him now than maybe it would have been at the beginning of the year when people were expecting, you know, a guy with an ERA in the twos again, because that's what he had shown us for most of his major league career. Yeah. And uh, it will be a very good, uh, it'll be a very, uh, it will be a very good uh, rest of the second half. They return on Friday against the Diamondbacks, I believe. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts. I want to switch gears a little bit. You're, you're a sports fan in general. Yes. And I want to kind of, if if that's okay, I want to chat a little bit about, I want to chat a little Leafs and Raptors a little bit with you, as well as maybe a little bit of sports media, if that works for you. Sure. Your thoughts on, I want to get your thoughts on the Kyle Dubas situation. Okay. Okay. On his press, his his end of the year press conference and his and then he he and which 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 stood out one thing that stood out to me of his his end of year press conference in toronto was that either i'm going to quote either i'm going to stay here or i will take some time to reflect and then watch and then as soon as he as soon as he was done in toronto he landed with the penguins yeah. And I mean, that is, you know, in, in a sense, uh, and I think this goes across sports, it is a lesson that, you know, to a certain extent, what is said at those press conferences in any sport, and they're, it's not all like this, but, you know, you say things, I think, sometimes that uh, are uh, a means to an end rather than necessarily, you know, the uh, the full, honest, 100% truth. I, I don't blame Kyle Dubas. I wouldn't want to be unemployed either. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, sometimes you say stuff that could help you in a negotiation or just say stuff that might be easier to get through uh, PR wise. But 
hey, you know, who knows? Maybe he didn't know about the Penguins opportunity too. the Penguins may not have reached out to him uh, until late in the in the Maple Leaf negotiations when that started to break down. But, you know, I, I could see as a as a guy from Ontario like he is and like I am, why, you know, you might feel that way, at least at one moment where it's kind of like I'm going to do the Leafs or or not do something else. And then all of a sudden, you know, the team with Sidney Crosby comes calling. And you think, hey, I might be able to win here pretty quickly. So it, it definitely was an odd ending to his tenure. A lot, a lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, truthfully, I, I was a bit up to date on. But with all the Blue Jays stuff going on, I wasn't uh, 100% following. But uh, it, it definitely was a, a weird finish to his career. But I definitely also don't blame a guy for wanting to take over a team that already has, you know, Crosby, the greatest player of, you know, this past generation, probably uh, centering it up and looking for a, a fourth cup if possible. Yeah, and I, and I understand that too. But I, I thought the whole thing when then, when then, then Brad Tree Living came in, another guy who came in from the Flames who, did, who also didn't have a good season. Yeah, and it's tough. You know, the Flames had some pretty good seasons prior, but. A lot of things didn't come together, including, you know, former Toronto Maple Leaf Nazem Kadri signed a big deal. And and from what I've read, you know, didn't necessarily live up to expectations. But just kind of from my fan perspective, I have to say that I do like a lot of the moves that uh, True Living made in the offseason. It feels like, you know, people are always asking for this team to be a little bit grittier and maybe a little bit more of a, of a playoff ready team uh, than they have been in the past. And I, I think with uh, the last names Domi and Bertuzzi, and leave uniforms, you know, you're going to get some more grit inherently. Those two aren't exactly like, uh, you know, the uh, the dads or uncles that played before them. But I, I think that, you know, he is, uh, you know, taking maybe a little bit of an older fashion route to the team. And maybe they were missing some of that physicality coming up. And then, you know, John Klingberg, the defenseman, is just a guy I've admired for a while, who I think is a really talented offensive defenseman. So, uh, you know, I have have liked the moves uh, just from my fan perspective that I've seen so far from Brad Trilliving. Yeah. And as far as, and I mean, I think though, I think when it comes to, I think in, in kind of parallel, when it comes to the Leafs, Raptors and the Jays, I think all of those teams now, all these teams, I think will have to, I, I mean, I, they're in that point of figuring out what, they what they what what needs to be done to either make things better or scale back yeah i think you know there's i think the blue jays are are probably the furthest from that as as they continue to contend i think the leafs are certainly you know with the contracts of matthews and nylander coming up uh approaching a a kind of a fork in the road here um are they going to stick with the majority of you know the the core four and that style of team are they going to look to, you know, move on from one of those guys, maybe retool the team? Do they have an opportunity to do that? Or, or you know, are they going to lose multiple guys, and in which case go into a rebuild? And for the Raptors, too, I mean, you know, kind of the heart and soul of the team for the last couple of years, Fred Van Vliet is gone, and, and they're certainly in a new era. I think, you know, both the Leafs and Raptors look like they're trying to avoid one of those full rebuilds, one of those five, six-year really get down into the depths of being one of the worst teams in the league consistently uh, types of rebuilds because they both have a lot of talent on their rosters. 
Uh, but certainly, you know, over at Scotiabank Arena with those two, you know, winter sports teams and the Raptors and the Leafs, it does look like a, a transition of some sort is coming, uh, whether it's a rebuild or, or just kind of a retooling uh, of some of the guys that are on their roster. Awesome stuff. Now, what are your thoughts to when it comes? We did talk a little bit last time about the about the uh, about Toronto sports radio, Toronto sports media last time a little bit. But do you have any thoughts on it now um, as things are as it's constantly continuing to change now? Um, I believe as well, you're also a Sirius XM fan, too. Oh, a big one. Tell me about your okay. So in so tell me, I, I like their stuff too. So tell me what you what you like about them. Um, maybe even versus um, the local sports. Yeah, I think they both have you know their strengths. I think when you look at a place like Toronto, that's going to twenty four seven you know feed Toronto uh, you know storylines and perspectives. You know because that's the main audience base and and. You know, I, I will say that in Canada, you know, definitely because in two of the three sports uh, that Canadian teams are involved, only a team is in Toronto, probably to a certain extent, the national, uh, you know, media is going to be a little bit, you know, full of Toronto stuff, not to say the hockey teams don't get their coverage because they certainly do. And, you know, all seven different markets that there is a hockey team uh, in the National Hockey League. But when you look at Sirius XM, you get to, you know, I think take it on from a from a more national perspective in terms of looking at the whole league. They don't have, you know, a bunch of people based in New York or a bunch of people based in LA or a bunch of people based in Atlanta. You kind of get perspectives from all over. So, you know, sometimes it's nice to mix in for the most part, you know, as I'm here covering sports in Toronto, the Toronto perspective is going to be more useful for me in, in hearing more stuff about the Blue Jays or about the Raptors or about the Maple Leafs. But as I try to color in the edges, you know, of what's going on in the league and, and try and bring that to my coverage within the Toronto market, it, it is nice to hear a lot of the perspectives that you get, you know, on a place like Sirius XM, where they're going to have, you know, really 29 different cities in, in MLB and NBA feeding in uh, to what's going on and, and a whole, you know, bunch of what is it, 25 different cities uh, going on in, in the NHL and stuff like that. So I think, you know, they both serve the purposes of their markets and it's nice to uh you know have the the mix kind of uh of here in the toronto perspectives and then the national perspectives national being us more for sirius xm uh and and for nhl definitely national for canadian as well because a lot of their nhl shows are are based in canada or or hosted by canadians but I, i think it gives you a good mix of of kind of what all the different voices are saying uh around you know every sport yeah and i think because too that because they have gone beyond their channels especially when it comes to the app series xm they've gone beyond the channels their channels yeah it is i will say i i wish i was uh on the app more because i'm still a a little old-fashioned mostly consuming them on the radio but they're constantly putting stuff out on the app. And I think one thing that both, you know, a, a lot of the stations like uh, 590 in Toronto and SiriusXM do well is now that they podcast a lot of their shows or make them on demand available because, you know, there are a lot of shows like the, the show I did today from 10 to 12 Jays Talk Plus 
you know, some people can listen to it now, but a lot of people want to listen to it later. Um, we live in a much more on-demand world than we really did, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So the ability to have content available all the time on, you know, the app or or if you're listening to Sportsnet content on, you know, whatever podcast app that you use, I think that that has been huge for the radio audience because... And I think it's something the fan recognizes now. I think it's something, too, that Sportsnet and the fan recognize. And I think they should be given credit. And we will give them credit here for that. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I I obviously, uh, you know, I'm working a lot for them, but I'm also a listener to a lot of their content. And I think that it, you know, is a huge push into the future and how, you know, radio and audio programming is going to continue uh, to have it available easily podcasted and uh and to really cater you know to a podcastable type uh of show i think is uh a big and uh and great move that's been going on here in canada and full disclosure i am going to listen to that jay stock plus with you and julia today i, oh, I missed thank it you very much but i i am i am following the blue jay's talk feed so i think i'll find it there yes yeah jay's talk plus uh, and Jay, so every Jay's talk, the shows that Blair and Barker do on the weekdays and show Ali and myself do on the weekends is podcasted too. So that, I, I really think that's a great idea because sometimes the game ends late. You want to go to sleep. I get it. You could wake up in the morning, listen to what we reacted to and Jay's talk plus Blake Murphy's show that Julia and I are filling in on right now. Mm-hmm. You can find that in the same uh, feed, the, uh, the Jay's talk feed on, you know, mm-hmm. I, I use Apple podcasts, but Spotify or or uh, I think Odyssey or wherever else you might get your podcasts. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, no. And uh, you know, and and I'll be honest with you, right. You know, as, as, as a, as a big Jays fan, you can tell I'm a big Jays fan. Yes. Um, You know, I, I have to say, I, I honestly can't say, I, I don't, I honestly don't listen to every game and I don't honestly stick around till the end of the ninth inning or listen from the first to the ninth usually right but you see i think with but see and i think another thing that's changed too that if you have the mlb app which i do you can you'll be notified of the scores yeah yeah no the mlb uh the mlb app and i'm a you know an mlb tv slash at bat subscriber i think they've done a great job too major league baseball is Oh, you're also a subscriber to um, uh, the uh, MLB audio? Uh, yes. Yeah. So that with MLB TV, I get the audio uh, built in there as well. So which which allows a, a great feature for those who are interested uh, and wanting to do it, where you can even watch TV games and listen to the radio feed uh, if you want to, too. So it kind of helps promote both sides of the ball at once. And I, I think that, you know, as MLB continues to take over more of the production of games, uh, they did it recently in the minor leagues, really starting to take over a lot of how those games are produced, both on television and the radio. You know, they're looking for ways to make it uh, easily accessible to all listeners and all viewers out there. And I think that, uh, you know, we're seeing that they're starting to do a very good job. I know that, you know, a lot of people and I can understand it are sometimes, you know, annoyed if a Blue Jays game has an alternate broadcast, which doesn't happen on the radio. But, you know, on television, whether it be an Apple TV or a, or a Peacock or something like that that rolling in but you're still able to access all of those just as easily 
if you go through sources like uh, the MLB app. So, yeah, I, I found uh, whether it's that or the, the Sportsnet app, which has become, you know, a, a big factor in Sportsnet broadcast this year as, as they now have the streaming rights uh, to all the, the broadcasts on uh, the Sportsnet app and Sportsnet.ca. I think that, you know, it's going to continue to get easier and easier uh, for people to listen and and you know view this content uh because you know everybody wins the people want to listen and and uh you know it's no secret that the network's doing it wants you to listen as well that's how they uh that's how they pay their taxes at the end of the day so uh, yeah. I, I do think that there's been some really positive shifts last two three years in canada and elsewhere yeah i, I you know what and, and that provides a good perspective as well now, before we take a before we take a break, um, what are your uh, some of your favorite podcasts and uh, stuff to list uh, when it comes to uh, baseball and Jays? Uh, we can do Toronto podcasts if you want. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I love um, listening to to you know some of the podcasted radio shows. First of all, like a Jays Talk Plus or Blair and Parker. I'm a regular listener. Oh, do you like Blair and Parker? Yeah, yeah, great guys. Work alongside them uh, sometimes, and and I think that you know it's a good mix of, of perspectives that they have there with the game in terms of uh, Jay's Talk Plus in the morning, and then Blair and Barker in the afternoon. And a, a podcast I really love, I will say, uh, which is purely a podcast, is uh, is the At the Letters podcast. I, I do enjoy uh, listening to them a ton uh being ben and arden and, and hearing their perspectives on oh, the game great podcast i uh i i sometimes you know go nationally to some of the podcasts the athletic has uh you know a, a baseball tonight buster Olney's podcast i really hope i got the title right i think i did um yeah yeah baseball I enjoy, tonight. i enjoy that one as well um but i i will say i i uh i listen to a, a fair number of, of sports podcasts, but I also uh, like to delve outside into some of the kind of the other uh, categories, like some history and some news podcasts and stuff like that. So it's a, uh, it's a bit of a mix for me. And tech. A little bit, I'll admit, you know, I, uh, I've channeled so much of my brain power into uh, guys hitting a, hitting a ball with a bat and, and people trying to, oh. you know, <laughs> basketball that the tech stuff is uh, sometimes a little bit beyond me. Uh, yeah, and I can understand a, a little too smart for me, but I, I dabble for sure. And especially when the tech stuff can kind of cross over into major news, you know, whether it's kind of AI or, or other stuff like that, then I definitely, uh, you know, want to know because that's going to impact all of our daily lives. Yeah, awesome stuff. Um, awesome stuff. And we will take a break right here and we will wrap the show up with Ben Shulman. So don't go away. You are listening to All Over the Map. Hey, Allie, it's Scott. Also, hi, Ben. I am Scott McGregor. I've been enjoying the content that you've been providing on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. My question to you, and Allie can attest to this as well on the next episode that you guys do. Uh, my question that I want to know from you is, how would you assess the way the Blue Jays have gone about the Alec Manoa session given the starts he had in the Complex League and then just this past Canada Day moment? 
when he was in New Hampshire. Let me know what you think. And feel free to use this on your episode, Allie. Oh, what a day of hard work. I am glad the day is over and I'm heading out straight home. What a beautiful day out here riding my motorcycle. And I'm sure it's going to get much better when I get home and listen to CNT Radio. Oh my my, so many great programs to pick and choose. There is the Melting Pot every Saturday, every alternate Friday evening. She has the Cosmopolitan Culture Club. And on every alternate Friday, she has the Song Bank. And now she has the Classical Cafe every Saturday afternoon. Perfect way to wind down. Best of the best music from around the world. Why not check out her website at http colon slash slash cnat.wordpress.com slash cnat hyphen radio. I feel like I'm the luckiest person to have such a great source of entertainment. I can see my home approaching very soon. Hope you all tune in and enjoy the great shows. CMT Radio, making your day brighter, one song at a time. Looking for sports content on the Bills, Blue Jays, Raptors, Argos, and more? Check out Sports for Beginners with me, Scott McGregor, where we will break down all of the action. To learn more, please follow the Sports for Beginners Facebook page. here with Ben Shulman. Now, Ben, is there anything on the Jays that you would like to touch on that we did not uh, touch on here? Sure. You know, I, th- I think one uh, success for the Blue Jays this year and something that they'll continue to build on, frankly, is coming out of their bullpen. Um, you know, I think that while there have been a blown safe here or there, I think they've gotten a really good year out of Jordan Romano and I mentioned a little bit earlier before but I think Eric Swanson's been a huge addition for them Trevor Richards has you know really turned things around from last year and been massive and you know some people not like a huge yell but I think some people are are really wondering if Tim Mesa should have been an all-star this year with what he's been doing for them stranding pretty much more runners than anyone you're going to see in baseball and uh, currently working with a 1.17 ERA and 41 appearances He's been really phenomenal for them. That being said, I, I think, you know, we talked about the trade deadline. I think coming up, there's the chance for, you know, the Blue Jays to maybe make an addition or two into that bullpen. They've, you know, had a couple guys take a bit of a step back. Jimmy Garcia has been better recently, but certainly not to the level uh, that he was last year. And Adam Simber's currently on the 15-day IL and was struggling a bit before then. So 
if you're going to, uh, you know, play trade machine or, or play GM and think about, you know, who could be a Blue Jay coming up that isn't a Blue Jay right now before the August 1st deadline, I think that the bullpen is a, uh, a very uh, exciting place to go look for where they might make some additions. You know what? You hit on something. Can I take you back to the, can I take you back a little bit to the, to the uh, White Sox series a little bit? Sure. On Thursday, in that final game of the series, it was a scoreless game. No, sorry, in game one of the doubleheader. At 11, that I think it was like 11 or 12 innings. Yes. And they they brought Romano out in the ninth inning. That was a scoreless game, and it was not even a safe situation. Yeah. First of all, why did they bring him out, and were you surprised? Go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's a tough situation. I, I never know truly where you should go with that because I, I think their thinking was they, first of all, they were really wanting to win all those games. Obviously, they really want to win every game, but they had just been swept. These were clearly weaker series coming up. And I think that they pinpointed this as a spot where maybe, you know, they could really get something done. And then I think, uh, you know, bringing Romano in there, they were thinking if we can get to extras, we have a good chance to blow this open and, and have more depth in the pen maybe than the White Sox do. So the next guy they'll bring up won't be as good as the next guy that the Blue Jays will bring up. Now, it is tough because, you know, you could use Romano, have a safe situation coming up, and then not have him. I, I think, I think you know, I feel not super passionate in either direction. Like, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Um, but I think, you know, I mentioned Eric Swanson that part of the reason they have the ability to do that is that they feel confident if needed to send Eric Swanson out there and save a game. So they were figuring, let's just keep this rolling for now, see what we can do. And whether, uh, people liked it or not, which I think there are arguments on both sides of it for sure. It did end up working out for them because they didn't need a situation, safe situation because they somehow, after not scoring for 10 innings, exploded for six runs in the 11th inning and uh, and made it a bit of a moot point. So it, it is, I think, you know, one of those moves that's always tough to know, you know, should you wait or if you wait too long, you might end up, you know, never getting that save opportunity. And then you end up, you know, losing a game without your best reliever out there. Um, but I, I would totally get it, you know, if you were surprised to see Romano in a non-safe situation. Because the game was scoreless, right? And that's why I was surprised that, they they brought him in in that type of situation yeah no it it is fair i mean you never know because you could have a you know they had a scoreless 10th they could have had a scoreless 11th and then you're reaching to the bottom of your bullpen just to wait for a safe situation to come around but at the same time like you said they you know they could have had a safe situation and not had him available so it's one of those you know decisions where I think you almost you, you just kind of flip a coin in terms of what's right and what's wrong and and see what you're feeling best about on that night Can I get you, your thoughts on the pitch clock please I'm pretty pro pitch clock um I think it's sped up the game a lot which is good and I think for the most part we don't really notice it which I think is is a win at least personally for me um you know there's there's a violation here or there but really especially as we've gotten into the middle of the season the guys are pretty used to it. And I don't think that there's nearly as many violations as there were before. And in exchange, I think it's a more entertaining game. I think most of us come to baseball to watch guys pitch and hit and not necessarily go to the game 
to watch guys tug on their jersey and undo their batting gloves. So anything that, you know, keeps fans more engaged, obviously, you know, I want there to be more fans of baseball, not only for my work reasons, but because I love the game of baseball and I want people to continue uh, to support it and, and keep it thriving for a while. I think that, you know, it's been pretty much success so far this season. Yeah, and I think, too, um, the same thing, again, like could be said about the game 24 hours ago where they where the Jays were down to their last out against the Tigers. And they, uh, you know, and they ended up tying the game. Yeah. And, you know, some were saying, I know uh, Cl- uh, uh, Chris LaRue said it on the broadcast that, I think they were in the in the tenth and in the uh, either the tenth or the bottom of the ninth. There, that what the reason is they don't have Romano up out there yet. So I think it's the same type of situation as that White Sox game. Yeah, it is interesting. They went one way in the uh, in the White Sox game and the other way in the Detroit game. And I think sometimes too that'll come down to where is the other team in the order right now? Who which batters are coming up? And for the Blue Jays, they were fortunate enough that after tying the game in the top of the ninth, it wasn't the meat of the Detroit order. It was 8-9-1 coming up. And obviously, the leadoff hitter is going to be one of the better hitters. But with 8-9-1 coming up, maybe you feel a little bit better about throwing Jimmy Garcia there and saving Romano for, in theory, which ended up being the truth, in the 10th, 2-3-4, maybe the toughest third of any lineup, which uh, he retired you know, fairly easily. It was a great uh, performance by him. Yeah, that that's that's uh, yeah, um, pretty good. Well, um, now let's uh, now as we wrap up here, um, uh, just uh, you can um, f- where can people find you online, Ben? If people have any questions for you, they have any comments. Where can they find you? Yeah, the best place would be to uh, tweet at me. I would be you know happy to interact with anyone on there. Uh, my Twitter is at. Ben Shulman seven S H U L M A N Ben Shulman seven, uh, and you know that's that's where the majority of it. You know, if I'm doing something and you want to listen, I'll likely post it on there. You know, if you if you tweet a question like someone had asked me, I think which is rare. I really appreciate this guy doing this. Asked me about like a a win probability type stat today. I'm happy to do that type of stuff. So yeah, if you want to uh, reach me or find uh, what kind of stuff I've been doing or might be doing coming up then at Ben Shulman seven on Twitter is the best place. Awesome stuff. And you can find me by, you can search at ATOM podcast, eight one nine, please give me a follow. And you can on Twitter, you can also find me on threads and Instagram at ATOM podcast, eight one nine, follow the, all over the map, uh, Facebook page by searching all over the map podcast. You can also visit http colon slash slash alleytechgroup.wordpress.com. And you can also follow me on Mastodon at ATOM Podcast 819 at Mastodon.social. Well, Ben, I really want to take this opportunity to uh, thank you so much for joining the show once again today. I look forward to having you back at the end of the season. Thank you very much, Allie. A lot of fun. I uh, appreciate you asking me on again and look forward to talking uh, again in the future. 
Absolutely. And we will, and we say the tagline together here um, in just a minute here. And all over the map, we'll be back with you on Tuesday, July 11th, featuring Matthew Cause. And then we will be back on Friday, July 14th, with the Raj. Roger Lujois is coming oh, in. Raj is the best. Absolutely. He's coming in, and I'm, I hope uh, you'll be checking that one out, Ben. For sure. For sure. And please follow all over the map wherever you find your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are found. And as we always remind everybody, until Tuesday, July 11th, when Matthew Cause returns, I have been your host, Ali Musa, joined in studio by Ben Shulman. And as we always remind everybody, that it is never goodbye. It is until next time. Thank you so much for listening to All Over the Map. If you have any questions or feedback, you can email me at atompodcast819 at gmail.com. That is A as in alpha, T as in the, O as in over, M as in map, podcast819 at gmail.com. You can also feel free to visit our website to learn more about upcoming episodes at https colon slash slash allytechgroup.wordpress.com slash podcast dash all dash over dash the dash map. Once again, that is https colon slash slash allytechgroup.wordpress.com slash podcast dash all dash over, dash the, dash map. And it is not goodbye, it is until next.